0: Welcome to Thursday Church. We are so glad you are joining us this evening as we wrap up our What's at the Core series. Now, if you haven't caught it yet, tonight we're focusing on love. You see, this What's at the Core series has been a series focused on our DNA as a church. We know without wavering that we have been called to serve to serve god and to serve others to live transformed by the power of the holy spirit working in us and then through us we know that we are renewed by the forgiveness that we have received and that we willingly offer to other people and we are all one body striving to unite ourselves With Jesus Christ, as we unite ourselves with one another, we will not tolerate judgmental attitudes. And finally, we are determined to love. Dealing with the issue of love is very fitting as we celebrate Holy Week. Over 2,000 years ago, on this very night, Jesus was meeting with his disciples to celebrate Passover, the evening before his crucifixion. Being very aware of the events that would soon take place, Jesus chose to spend his last evening with his disciples. Gazing around the room that Thursday night, he intentionally looked into the eyes of his disciples, the same men he had been doing life together with. Traveling along dusty roads, laughing and crying together, dealing with sorrow and disappointment. Think of all the emotions and the feelings he must have experienced in that moment. And yet, the strongest, the most enduring, the most powerful, love. In John chapter 13, verse 1, we read, He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. According to the world, these men were ordinary, nothing special. They weren't educated scholars, powerful business tycoons, or even considered socially elite. In fact, they were known to be men who did, well, dirty work, like fishing. One of them was a cheat. One of them would later be known as a doubter. One of them was even a thief, the outcast. And yet, Jesus chose them. Why in the world would Jesus intentionally choose to invest his time, energy, and resources on the very one society disregarded? Even more importantly, what do we need to learn from the example he gave us? Jesus didn't just tolerate the people society considered repulsive. He gravitated to them. He surrounded himself, he ministered to, and he loved the very ones that everyone else seemed to overlook. Jesus didn't just question or challenge the social norms of his day. He crushed them. It's so, qu- it's so easy to quickly find fault in his society's behavior. They obviously needed to be corrected, right? However, before we're so quick to criticize them, maybe we need to ask ourselves, do we resemble them? Are we guilty of the same mannerisms in the way that we treat other people, in the way that we choose to love or choose to refuse love to people. When asked why well, he spent so much time with the scum rather than the more reputable, you know, the good religious people, Jesus replied, Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And then he adds, I have come to call not those who think, They are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. To fully embrace this value of being determined to love as a church and as people, we have to wrap our minds around what loving like Christ actually means. There's an old saying that's thought to date back to the 1850s that was credited to a man named Phineas Taylor otherwise known as P.T. Barnum. And it's simply this, talk is cheap. Loving like Christ is a lot easier to talk about than actually living out. Before we can really begin or even grow in this area of loving like Christ, we're going to have to be brutally honest with ourselves. We need to do the hard work of identifying and then taking responsibility for the very things that keep us from offering love. Things like selfishness, a self-importance, pride, favoritism, and even judgmental attitudes. Last week, Pastor Debbie reminded us that judging others is often a reflection of our character and not theirs. If you missed last week's service, you can find it archived on our website. The information is printed on your screen for you. The problem is too often we refuse to do the dirty work of dealing with our own hearts. Let's be honest. We don't like to do this because it's hard. Because sometimes we have some really dirty and ugly things buried that we need to deal with and be honest about. So instead of doing the hard work, we simply start making up our own rules and standards for loving and what loving looks like. And if we can be brutally honest for a minute, Far too often, we let ourselves off the hook by giving others the responsibility of loving people who are way too difficult or make us uncomfortable to love. Sure, we'll tolerate them. We'll even be nice to them. But we'll let someone else be responsible for loving them. The problem with making up our own rules and standards is this. They don't always line up with God's standards. James chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 tell us, If you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are breaking the law. For the person who keeps all the laws except one, hear this, is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. And if that's not enough, Jesus himself tells us in Matthew chapter 23, verse 12, but those who exalt themselves, they'll be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Loving like Christ requires us to love everyone, even people who are hard to love. And before you say, now wait a minute, wait a minute, you don't know the people in my life. We all have people in our lives that are hard to love. In fact, there are days I know that I am one of those hard-to-love people. Trust me, you can ask my kids. You can even ask my husband, especially on those days that we are cleaning our house or sitting down to do e-learning together. If you look at our church's DNA strand, you'll notice an important word that comes before love, and that word is this determined. Love isn't always going to feel natural. There are times that it's going to feel anything but natural. Loving like Christ is a choice. It requires an intentional decision, a decision to surrender my will for his will. Being determined to love is making the intentional decision Day after day after day. And on some days, it means moment after moment after moment to choose to love. No matter who, no matter what. Being determined to love is a choice to offer love instead of revenge when we've been hurt or when someone has hurt one of our own. First Peter chapter four, verse eight says this. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sin. Being determined to love is the choice to offer love that isn't deserved and may not be returned. You see, it's hard to offer love to people who could care less It's hard to offer love to people who don't appreciate the gesture or the effort that we're making. Christ modeled this beautifully when he willingly died on a cross for those he knew would return his love. But he died on that same cross for those he knew would ultimately reject him and his offer for mercy and forgiveness. In fact, he loved us so much that he loved long before we even knew him personally. Romans 5, 8 tells us this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Being determined to love It puts us in this place of tension, this tension of of dealing with the reality that loving as Christ intended, loving as Christ commanded, it could potentially mess up everything. As a church, we don't hide from the truth or from difficult conversations. And so here it is. Here's the honest and the raw truth. Loving like Christ is messy. Loving like Christ will complicate, will inconvenience, and will disrupt our lives. Loving like Christ will demand more than we're comfortable giving. More of our attention, more of our resources, more of our time, and more of our personal space. So why in the world would we willingly sign up for such a task? It's simple. It's because that is what Christ has commanded us. Not ask us, not requested of us. He has commanded us to do this. Would you turn your Bibles to John chapter 13? We're going to look at verses 34 and 35 tonight. Verse 34 says this. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Absolutely nowhere in Scripture does Christ call us to the comfortable to the mundane, to the worldly, to fit in. He calls us to look different, to be different, to love differently. In fact, he calls us to live love in a way that surpasses the world's understanding of what love actually is. In the middle of these uncertain times, it would be so easy to put this love thing on hold and just default back in to a mindset that says me first. Dedicating our time and our energy and our focus, our resources on caring for ourselves and our families, doing everything I need to do to ensure that I have what I need right now. And although it's hugely important and it's honorable to take good care of ourselves and the people that God has placed in our lives, it doesn't have to come at the expense of not caring or offering love to others. You see, Jesus always had this profound awareness of the people around him. He didn't just notice them. He saw them. He saw the lame man laying beside the pool that couldn't get himself into the water. He saw the Samaritan woman who went to the public well at the hottest time of the day to avoid having to interact with others. He saw the children being shooed away by his disciples He even saw the poor widow who quietly and humbly gave everything she had. And he saw the generosity of a young boy who willingly gave up his lunch, the two fish and the five barley loaves for the sake of others. We need to be determined to love more now than ever. Regardless of where you are sitting at and watching from tonight, I can assure you there are people around you who are living in fear and worry and anxiety and dread, not knowing what happens next. People are seeking answers And they're not just seeking answers about the latest COVID-19 statistics. They are looking for answers to real spiritual issues. There's even a renewed responsiveness to prayer and the power of prayer. As more and more people are seeking God's direction, as more and more people are asking us as the church, would you pray for me? Would you pray for my family right now? See, Jesus didn't hide. He didn't retreat. He didn't go off to the wilderness by himself when things got hard. When things were overwhelming and uncertain, in those difficult times, he modeled love and compassion and encouragement. Not doom and gloom. Church, our job, our job is simply to follow his lead. Ephesians 5.1 tells us this. Imitate God, therefore, in absolutely everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. In the news and on social media, we see story after story of frontline medical personnel serving areas completely overwhelmed by the coronavirus. People willingly stepping up and providing care. In the midst of extremely challenging circumstances, offering compassion to the sick despite limited supplies, limited protective equipment, despite low staffing, all while having an underlying fear of possibly contracting the virus or worse yet, taking it home to their loved ones. And although they might be performing their normal work duties to receive a paycheck, what they're doing is offering the world a glimpse of what loving like Christ looks like and the world is watching and it's not just watching, it's responding. Medical personnel, healthcare people are now being called heroes. And rightfully so. It just reminds me that our world is so hungry for something different. They need Jesus, even if they don't understand or recognize their need for Him yet. So that's why being determined to love is so important for us to grab hold of and understand. When we live our lives determined to love, We're going to willingly choose to sacrifice to benefit someone else. Intentionally, we are saying, I will surrender what I want in this moment. I will surrender what maybe I need or think I need in this moment. I will surrender my comfort so that other people get to see Jesus living in me. Being determined to love is a hugely important component of who we are here at Thursday Church. It's in our DNA, and it always will be. Church, we've been called to reflect Jesus Christ to the world around us, to shine brightly in the darkness, to, to bring peace and to bring calm in the midst of fear and anxiety. And one of the very best ways that we can accomplish this is through loving like Christ. In closing, I want you to listen to the words found in First John chapter 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Let's be determined, not just as a church, but as people, to love like Christ. Pray with me, would you? Father, your word is very clear. It is very clear in telling us that you have given us absolutely every single thing we need to live the lives that you have called us to live. And that includes the capacity and the ability to love beyond ourselves. Father, we confess that we don't always do this as we should. We confess that sometimes we choose to be selfish and hoard our love rather than pouring it out and offering it to the people around us. That all too often that we choose who deserves love and who doesn't deserve your love. Father, forgive us for those moments. Lord, I pray that you would help us to to rise above the standards that the world sets in telling us what love is. And instead, we would choose to embrace this idea of being determined to love, to love in a way that, that demands and requires things that, that sometimes is really tough. Father, would you strengthen us? Would you give us a boldness and a courage to love in a way that brings you honor? God, I can think of nothing better than in this midst of uncertainty and, and trying times, that people would be coming to know you. They would know you because of what they see your people doing, because of the way they see us living out this love thing. They would be attracted to you. God, help us to be those people. Help us to be those people in our homes as we're, as we're staying put with our families. Help us to love our, our spouses and our kids and our extended families. Help us to love well. Help us to love our neighbors well. Help us to love in a way that pleases you and brings you honor. And Father, we do that not for our own glory, but God simply for yours. And we ask these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen. We're so glad you were here with us this evening. If you would like or if you need to speak privately with one of our pastors, they're available and waiting on the chat lines for you. We're going to invite you to submit any praises or prayer requests you might have simply by clicking on that prayer button. We want to be praying with you and for you. As we end our time together this evening, I want to personally invite you to join us this Sunday morning for our Easter service. We start at 1045. Would you invite your loved ones that you would normally bring to Easter service with you? Invite them to join you for Easter online. We look forward to seeing you. This Sunday at 1045 a.m.